come with us. When you wish upon a star. Come and remember the magic. What's up, all you rad dudes and dudettes? Welcome to 90s Disney, your podcast for everything about Disney in the 90s. I'm your host, AJ Minotti, joined by, by, by my brothers, Mike Minotti. Nice save there. And Chris Minotti. I, or was that on purpose to kind of... I'm jazzing. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say I was going to... Yeah, that's you know, what I thought you were... That, that would have been good. I can't do that. I wish I could. No, you, can't, you have to like roll your tongue to really do... You have to like roll you your lips to, with you to, your tongue. Oh, it's like a... But yeah, like it's good. slower than that though. That's the thing. Okay. I don't know how you slow it down. Anyway, guess what we're talking about? I have no idea. We're talking about Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin, the Disneyland classic Dark Ride based off the 1988 Amblin film Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That's correct. Uh so, Chris, you took point on this episode. I did. Take me back to January 26th of 1994. So, the song of that time was called All for Love by three well-known uh, artists, Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, and Sting. What the heck what? is that? Which is funny. It's all for one. It's all for love. Oh, that's is that it? Okay. Yeah, I was trying like to figure that out. You won't like, be the one you love. The, uh, the this movie at the time, a bit of a, you know, opposite of Roger Rabbit was Schindler's List. Yeah. And absolutely yeah. nothing else happened on this day. That was it. Those are the only things I could find. Okay. Spielberg, though. Yes, yes. There we go. There's a connection. There. Yeah, yeah. No wonder he was. No wonder he wouldn't like play ball with uh, Roger Rabbit. He was all moody from all this holocausting. Exactly. Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. So, like I just said, Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin uh, was a Disney dark ride with a twist. A twist. Uh, quote unquote. Kill me. Uh, <laughs> based on the lovable Roger Rabbit from the 1988 film, uh, the Disney Amblin film, like you said. Uh, this opened January 26, 1994, as part of Mickey's Toontown expansion in Disneyland, one year after the actual um, opening of Toontown, which was January 24, 1993. This is, it is weird just how much later that is from the movie coming out, really. That's oh, yeah, that's, uh, years. That's, a good, that's a good jump. How, what is yeah, the f- well, because in that time, they did, what, three shorts? and Yeah, the shorts were still cranking out. Um, but I feel like even at this time, it was kind of aware that there wasn't going to be much going on in the future of Roger Rabbit. They tried right, making I mean, that sequel for Obviously, a while. They, they got this ball rolling on the attraction before everything completely kind of died off. But, you know, he was still pretty popular. What's, what's the fastest we went from hit movie to having a ride there? Not counting the few times where, like, the ride or attraction was open before. Maybe Frozen? I was going to say Beauty and the Beast. Right. Like, Frozen not, was fairly Frozen quick. was pretty Pretty quick turnaround. Quick. It was like, okay, that's a huge hit. We got to get something fast. Uh, but like, yeah, like again, you can't count. Like, it's tough to be a bug. When did uh, Space Ranger spin was too late? Well, that was after Toy Story Two. Did uh, they ever take a chance on a, something that wasn't out yet, but did a ride anyway? They were, oh, they were dinosaur. Gonna, they were going to do Atlantis. No, according but to that, that acor- wasn't according to um, Joe Rody. That right. ride was not developed as a movie time. Right. Apparently, the movie took the Carnotaur, not the other way around. Uh, right. Then it's tough to be a bug. Those when because that opened before the movie did. That was before as well. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah they were pretty, right. they're that confident. Might be one of the that. few. I yeah, can't think of so, any others. So that one's like yeah, but even before that thing came out. But yes, there you go. So let's talk about how this attraction itself actually came to be because there were a lot of plans, like you were saying, 
for Roger Rabbit with just how big of a character he really became. It was a big movie. It's one of AJ's. It, your favorite movie? It is my favorite movie. There you go. It's up there for me, too. I wouldn't say favorite, but, oh, man, it is so good. Chris is a big Zemeckis boy because we both like, I do. We like oh, yeah. Back to the Future a lot. A lot. And, okay. and Chris also loved uh, Mom, Mars Needs Moms. Is that him too? No, no. <laughs> I did not like that all at his, all. His mocap uh, I The only one I like is, uh, is Christmas, uh, Carol. Christmas Carol. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. Christmas and they were working Christmas. on the, the Beatles' Yellow Submarine and then it got canceled because of how bad Mars Needs Moms uh, not a, did. Not a Beowulf fan? No, no, no. <laughs> not at all. But uh, so the idea for Roger Rabbit ride kind of began with this unbuilt, unbuilt uh, Roger Rabbit's Hollywood that was actually meant for MGM Studios. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. I have a little bit of a cough, so I apologize. You're not forgiven. I know. But uh, like we said, Roger Rabbit, it opened in 1988 and uh, MGM opened in 1989. So right you know, around that perfect, pristine time where, you know, MGM opened uh, pretty, pretty small amount of attractions you know it's half well day known park. half yeah. day park you know looking for that expansion of what they can do um roger rabbit was huge and the eisner saw him as you know his mickey mouse like he's eisner. pushing this character like eisner this is my loved guy loved roger rabbit R- loved roger rabbit right of course. was all over the parks just as like a character and all the kind of references even before that happened. no he was in parades and shows and right meet and everything greets. you can imagine yeah, everywhere that, that weird thing at the end of uh at the at the end of the stu- the tram tour, they had the dip mobile there. Remember uh-huh. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So Eisner, of course, was pushing hard. How how can we get Roger into the parks? He's my guy. I want people to know him as you know my inception kind of thing. But so the Imagineers thought of this whole land that they could build as part of the expansion that would eventually be, become Sunset Boulevard for MGM Studios. So in this expansion, they they came up with three ride concepts. Uh, the Toontown Transit, which was a, a simulator ride through Toontown with a character called Gus the Bus. Now, this is that one that there's been pretty good documentation of what this ride was supposed to be. One of the highlight gags of the whole thing would have been where Roger's trying to stop the bus, pulls a lever, but it's an ejector seat. He launches himself into the sky, and when he crashes onto the ceiling of the bus, a physical imprint of him would have somehow been like dented into the ceiling. Right. Which, and, uh, and the concept art shows that. It's pretty right. neat. And the neat thing, too, it's not just the front that's a simulator. Since it's a bus, there's windows on the side well, also. It, what, which reminds me of how Universal did uh, King Kong and Fast and the Furious. and It, it, right. it, it almost kind of seems like that. But, but, but not I think moving it's, hard, yeah, it's hard to see from the concept art. It would have been like transparent... Windows with a domed projector, or was like each window going to be? A, a I think of in sorts? this each window would have been its own source, yeah. So which mm-hmm. might have been like weird for perspective necessarily, right. but, but it was like a total you know look around view right. sort of thing. Yeah. The evolution of Star Tours, yeah, right? Next thing, well, right. was it literally going to be those those vehicle things? Even probably the same base, yeah, like the same platform. Not as much as like Body Wars, where it's literally the same right, vehicle, right, but right. yeah, same technology ish. The other uh, attraction here they came up with was uh, Baby Herman's Runaway Baby Buggy. Now, this was a dark ride uh, where guests are Baby Herman's stunt doubles, and they, they basically go through the short that was released called Tummy Trouble. This is the one in the hospital where Baby Herman swallows a rattle. Is Tummy Trouble the one that was before uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Uh, I forget the release order, but this, this was remember. the first one. Yeah, because there was one before that. I think there was one before the Rocketeer, and then the, the other one was from something weird I can never remember. It's funny. I, I read that there were like focus groups on you know the concept and idea of this ride. 
and people were basically down on it because it's like I don't want to go through a hospital, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, even though it's wacky and zany. I mean, come on, I think it would have been fine. Right, yeah. it's a neat idea. Uh, one of the other concept that, concepts they came up with was the roller coaster rabbit, uh, actual roller coaster. And the concept art for this is really cool. Well, not even concept art. It's a model. They actually built a model for this. Mm-hmm. And what's cool that I like about it is that, like, you know, the gag of, you know, in the cartoon roller coasters, they go super high in the sky and they're suspended and then they come crashing back down. Mm-hmm. They, they kind of, you know, show that in, in this uh, And there's like a false model. roller coaster tower track. Right. With Roger appears Rabbit to be at, at the Robert, top. At the, right. Roger at the top. And uh, I mean, this is cool because, again, it's lifted right out of the cartoon. You look at this model. It's... it's very screen accurate, which is uh, kind of wild. Okay, so tell me, sorry, but I oh, had to find out. Tell me trouble was with Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Ooh, okay. you're right. Audience, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> Roller Coaster Rabbit was with Dick Tracy. That ah, makes sense. Not, not, okay. yeah. And then Trail Mix-Up was with A Far-Off Place from 1990. That was the last one. That's the mm-hmm. one I can never remember. It's a 1993 American adventure drama film based off some books from the 70s with Reese Witherspoon. Uh, okay. Oh, wow. But first, ladies and gentlemen, who framed Roger Rabbit? <laughs> uh, the plot concerns three young teenagers who must cross the Kalahari Desert to safety when their parents are murdered by a poacher. Oh, I didn't realize that Kilimanjaro Safaris was based <laughs> off a movie. <laughs> Weird. Uh, Careful, baby Herman. You don't want to burn your weenie. <laughs> That's that short. He's talking about a hot dog, so I don't have to believe yeah, that. I was about to say, yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> phrasing. It's assumed. Uh, so that, okay, that's interesting. Anyway, sorry about this. Anyways, there was one more attraction. Man, this is a, a huge land well, you know, that they had planned for this. What's weird about this is that this is bef- well before we just had lands that were based off a single property. I was right. going to make that like, point. You stole it Yeah, well, well, I'm a genius. <laughs> yeah. I took my. I, w- I was waiting until Chris was done, but yeah, no, I know. It, it just it, you know you get through the the list of attractions. There's just so many. It's right. like, well, yeah, I mean it would have been a, a legit immersive like like Roger Rabbit right. town land, which is again weird because it would have property. Yeah, it would have been rethemed by now already. Right, <laughs> think of, they uh, went through with that. Right, the idea was it was Toontown, you know, that you're going through, and at the end was Maroon Studios, kind of where Rock and Roller Coaster is now, where these attractions would would have been. And they would have even had they had concepts for the the trolley to go through Toontown like they do now at Disney's California Adventure. Oh, interesting, right? Yeah, yeah. The red yeah. car, yeah. The red, red car. car. That's You're kidding. You bought yeah. the red car. Yeah. <laughs> I bought the red car so I could dismantle it. <laughs> <coughs> so then we have the other attraction, the Benny the Cab Dark Ride, which you know obviously will heavily inspire what is to actually come to fruition. But uh, so they have these plans. Eisner's pushing this, you know, hard and has a lot of faith in this project, obviously, with how much space they're kind of giving it. But Amblin did not agree with the plans by Disney. And uh, this kind of became the the theme here with Roger Rabbit in general, not just with uh, the theme park stuff, but there were legal disputes over the characters. Spielberg himself was heavily involved with Universal. Um, right, he know, was really involved. He was kind of like the poster boy for a lot of the, you know, advertising. And he was the producer, and he was the guy who made a lot of those deals happen with Warner Brothers and all, you know, all, all these other people getting involved with it. He's kind of he was kind of the go between here. He can play nice with everybody, right? Uh, I mean, this is him at his absolute peak power. Yeah, I mean, he's at the opening age. ceremony of Universal Studios. Right. You know, he's he's up there. So, yeah, he's heavily involved, and he has a lot of ownership. He feels of Roger Rabbit himself, both financially and kind of like emotionally. Mm. Right. And of course, uh, you know, what keeps coming back with us in in our 90s topics, the failure of Euro Disney does not help this situation uh, whatsoever. No. 
Euro Disney in the 90s. I always wonder how much of it is. A lot of it's real. I wonder how much of it is a convenient scapegoat. Like, yeah, right? That's yeah, yeah, kind of nice. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we lost a lot of money in, uh, in Europe, and uh, yeah. they, they kind of screwed things up. And the investor's like, what's a Europe? Ah, it's real far away. There's dragons. You don't need to worry about that. <laughs> So yeah, rather than fight Amblin, you know, at least for this part of of you know what they can do in the theme parks, uh, they Disney moves on, and their thought is, you know, it's, you know, mid nineties, whatever. We have a lot of characters now at this point uh, of their development. Little Mermaid things are they're getting big. They're Disney Renaissance. So why why fight for Roger Rabbit when we kind of have our own character? He almost became through? this era's Stitch. Where, yeah, where they yeah. just threw him and everything it was like, oh my right. god, we have a success. I was thinking then, about that earlier. And like, they kept getting stuff out, whereas you know, post Stitch, there wasn't much. Yeah. We just got a lot of Stitch for a long mm-hmm. time. It, it's funny because the stuff that replaced those two, the you know, Sunset Boulevard, aren't IP based at all. <laughs> well, they're, well, they're IP, just not Disney's IP. Disney, yeah, <laughs> yeah right, exactly. It's Twilight Zone and freaking Aerosmith. Uh, but yeah, that's a good. That's an interesting point, AJ. There is some stitchiness there, and I remember even at first there was like almost too much stitchiness, and people resented it. And now it, it got entrenched so much that Stitch seems like he's around for the long haul. People still like that character. There's still a lot of merchandise right. for him. He went through There's that hump. Live action thing. Yeah, he got through that hump exactly, Chris. And uh, seems like Stitch is just gonna always be there, whether there's like new media necessarily or not. That was also a good point too about just because uh, the movies, right? When Roger Rabbit was first to hit. Disney was struggling hard. Like their few successes were really live action things like Splash. Um, then here's here's Roger Rabbit, which is something a bit more Disney branded. Mickey right. Mouse is in it, right? So yeah, it's like it uh, kind of revitalized the animation studio there a bit, right? Exactly. It came out, but then uh, right after that, you have Little Mermaid, and then uh, you know, but the ball's rolling and Disney's hitting its stride, and yeah, bracing. <laughs> they don't need that. Wait, <laughs> are you guys surprised that with all the deals that happened? Uh, Disney acquiring things, even getting Oswald, they were never able to get a deal. Yeah. They just finally get Roger Rabbit. I mean, how, how hard Again, line it's, is Amblin Spielberg. I mean, I think I think he doesn't want to give up that control. You know, it's it's. Weird. I've always wondered this because it's like, okay, Steve, uh, you got control, so now just nothing happens with the character. Yeah, like, it almost seems spiteful. Can't we, we really can't work something out here. I don't know. But, well, but like he's done stuff with Disney, There's, right? Uh, BFG, right? Was like, yeah. Disney, which is. That always uh, kind of throws me for a loop, the fact that not too long ago, Steven Spielberg directed this giant uh, movie based off giant the beloved movie. kids' book. Well, this movie based off this beloved kids' book, no one cared. <laughs> like, no one no, cared. No one Like Disney, right. you know? Like, I forgot. Yeah, you, everyone you forgets know? BFG happened, and it was Spielberg, and Spielberg's not what he used to be. Nah. Right. Per- ready Player One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But his West Side Story was pretty good. I heard that, actually. That, wasn't that, that Disney, that. too? Was, was it, it? Was it? Was it like? Yeah, is it on Disney Plus? Mm, I, I don't know. I don't know. You might be making that one up. You can look that one up while Chris continues with his next point. Well, I'm sure AJ will remember some of these things as well. Oh yeah. But um, you know, Rogers, he did exist in some capacity to MGM Studios, Hollywood Studios now, of course, and some of those remnants are still around to this day. Yeah, Disney Plus. West Side okay. Story. Look there at it you. Must have been like what? What's what's there? It was it was pan, it was 2021. It was kind of like that weird post. Was it Fox? No, I, it was Disney. Like, just Disney straight up? Yeah. Production not, do they have yeah. an adult brand anymore? Is it just everything Disney now? I think they just... They don't have... Disney. Ever since Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Is, is Roger Rabbit on Disney Plus? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Oh, yeah. And the shorts, too? Yep. Right. I don't have to get the kids to watch that. Oh, they're great. Not the movie, probably. But the shorts, yes. But yeah, but yeah, there was... But, but, but yeah, there, there were a few things... There were a lot back in you know the day, obviously, when they were kind of pushing the character more, but mm-hmm. some have stuck around and are there to this day. 
Um, the one that ones that are still there, the the foot, you know, pr- obviously probably the foot. He had footprints and the handprints in front of the Chinese theater. Yep, yep. Him and Rocketeer, immortalized yeah, forever. Of course, uh, there's a Maroon Studios billboard that is still there, pretty uh-huh. prominently. Very um, prominently, actually. Yeah, Eddie. Va- there's an Eddie Valiant window. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, with our right next to it is the the cutout Roger Rabbit cutout in the blinds when from, he like uh, runs out the window in the right, Maroon's in office and yeah, yeah and then good. yeah next is it says like Eddie Valiant private investigator and mm-hmm. it was it was twentieth century uh, films that did oh, West Side well, that's that's still, why it's uh, still that explains it sure sorry. But Backlot, Backlot Express, uh, you know, the restaurant down Express. there. I'm jealous because you went there last time. I've, I never, never go there been, all the time. Yeah. But it was good. Cool. I had a Cubano. It was pretty good. But yeah, they um, they, through, they, they used to have the um, the actual vehicle mechanism for Benny the Cab during the chase scene that like Bob Hoskins actually sat in and, yeah. and a, a person was in the back driving it. They also used to have the um, the Toon Patrol right. van that was just in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a picture of me with that somewhere that I'll find. Yeah. But, uh, um, it's in front of like some generator. It's not or there anymore, though. I mean, where it was, it was oh, yeah. like a cage, no. It was just like, like right in the middle of the dining area. Yeah, like just kind right. of slapped in there. Yeah, yeah. That that's still like one of the few kind of last bastions of like that MGM Studios feel. Mm-hmm. If, if you know what I mean. But yeah. The uh, the original Ditmobile used to be out in the Boneyard during the studio tour, and then that whole what, what was that called at the exit of um well the, it, or, or it was like the the dining well, there was area the AFI yeah, there was there was that right, AFI there's that. That kind of quasi outdoor gift shop. It was like it was like all Acme themed, right? Yeah, yeah, because it had the ton of bricks from the movie. Right, and it, it used had to that be, elephant. Was the steamroller was in there. Yeah, I think it used to only be accessible through the walking tour at right. one point. Yeah, I remember. Area. Isn't that not too far from where the go, the uh, goosebumps thing was? Where was goosebumps? Maybe it's somewhere different. I don't remember. I, I just kind of remember it by thing. the big Coke bottle in that area. Yeah, you t- yeah. you went past the Coke bottles in the entrance to the to the tram tour. Right, kept going and it was there on your right. Yeah, right by the splash fountain. And they had like cutouts yes. of uh, Jessica Rabbit and Roger Rabbit there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, I don't. Th- I'm sure there's others, but those are the ones that. Those come are the big mind. ones. Still. Yeah. Something else that's really cool that even predated um, some of the plans here for MGM Studios, Disneyland was looking at you know ways to get Roger Rabbit into uh, their park, and at the time they had a whole land plan called Hollywood Land. Uh, so they were planning to get Roger Rabbit in, like, you know, 1990, I think, is when this was officially announced by Disney, Hollywood Land. It was a new themed land uh, plan announced by Disney, and it was going to be between Main Street and Tomorrowland. If you There's a really at, neat concept out here we'll have to share. If you ever look at old Disneyland maps of, from the 60s, um, this is where they were going to put, like, Edison, Edison Square. Square. They, they've right. always eyed this area. Yeah, yeah. it's always, like, time. this weird little middle spot. Now, right. now I think it's permanently, like, just backstage. Yeah, it's like, it's like no room if, you, it. if you put a mirror on Main Street, it's kind of like on the other side would be basically all of the Jungle Cruise. Uh, this is kind right. of like that swath of land over there. But, yeah, they've always kind of, like, looked at this, and it's, like, a possible place for expansion, I guess. And now that they used up that area that they, they made for... Um, Galaxy's Edge. Although, granted, they had those weird uh, designs about even going further, kind of west. I don't know if it's yeah, really west, you know, but I don't the know. The last actually happening. Yeah. Even at the Magic Kingdom and Disney World, that plot of land is still just like back. Well, that's where they were going to put that theater there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. They announced that whole thing, and then that didn't happen. Actually, Hyperion Theater. If I could go on a quick tangent, there is a cool remnant of what was almost back there. If you go back that, where? Uh, like like where this land was going to be built, like okay. where you would access it from on Main Street, there's like there's like that little middle part of Main Street. There's two little side streets, yeah. just dead mm-hmm. end. If you look at the brick wall going back that way, the brick 
is very straight and then there's like this archway and just halfway through this arch the bricks become kind of more cartoony jagged no because this was supposed to be the transition to edison square oh where the building techniques weren't as refined and that was your transition point. It, it was built as like a test, like a proof right. of concept. Right. I mean, the, and then just never happened. But they, that that's still apparently there. I've I mean, never seen it myself. The, the Edison Square like connection always made sense because it was just kind of continuing down the century. Sort of uh, the transition into a Hollywood land would have been uh, a bit more difficult. Right. But but I, but I am looking at this space on um, Apple Maps right now, and back there is just what appears to be some employee parking, mm-hmm. um, some utility stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I, I mean, it, I guess it's still possible. Well, they've they've done. They could do it doesn't mean a lot of times they take they get rid of backstage stuff. What they do is they just kind of put yeah. it off site and get trams that get the employees there and right. whatnot. So yeah, maybe someday. Uh they were obsessed with uh adding Hollywood areas. Even um Hollywood Studios was originally just a pavilion and at Epcot. Right. Now, they probably so. dodged a bullet because even Hollywood Studios is having a hard time keeping the Hollywood aspect in. That <laughs> whole that whole kind of theme is sort of like on the outs for for whatever reason, the DVD making up features killed some of the mysticism of Hollywood. I guess yeah, right, I don't sure. know. Yeah, yeah, but this concept there, we'll, we'll have to share this. It's pretty neat. It's neat. Yeah. But uh, one neat tidbit that I saw, which isn't on this concept art, was that I could see their reactions to this today. But this side of Space Mountain that was facing this was going to like be converted to a hill and have the Hollywood letters on it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Did you? I mean, people are mad about a paint job right now at the Disney World's. Uh, well, I mean, again, when you Space look at Mountain. this, you have to kind of remember how their Space Mountain situated. You would not have seen this from Tomorrowland. Regardless, it, it you see been. it somewhere and people would have been what, upset. What are, we, people, what are people mad at the paint job going on right now? Because they're, they're painting some of the blue into tan. Oh no! So it's, yeah. <laughs> wait, maybe God, the other way around. Don't. I don't even remember. They can't keep getting away with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like at the base of the building too. Okay. So right. who knows? Well, you know, it happens. But uh, this whole land, it was going to feature a great movie ride, uh, pretty sweet, and the baby Herman's runaway baby buggy. So the two kind of big. Uh, Plans kind, that they had kind there. of hard to imagine just Great Movie Ride being there. That's a huge show building for Great right, Movie right. Ride. That would have been, uh, yeah, a lot. But so, so originally these plans were canceled in 1991. Announced in 1990, canceled in 1991, basically so that they could focus attention on Westcott. That's which, where the future of this park lies. <laughs> look west, young man, to Westcott. <laughs> How long do you have that plan? I just came up with that. Oh, actually. look at you. I, I remember hearing whispers of Westcott and not even really believing them for like, so yeah, long. I, like, the I name like, is too cute. Yeah, right? Like, that's too dumb and obvious. Like, they weren't really doing that. It's like, no, they were. Yeah, well, you can, <laughs> they you can, definitely you can, were. I mean, hey, it was a 90s thing. We could talk about Westcott someday, I suppose. There you go. But there's yeah, a lot cool. that was happening on there. Yeah, so, oh, I just lost my place. I apologize. You're not forgiven. So before before the dealings with Amblin went south, Chris, I believe that one concept was agreed upon. It it was agreed upon, which is kind of shocking that if all those were canceled, you know, I'm sure, you know, they're bigger, uh, bigger budget, a lot more going on. One ride made it through, though, and that is what we were talking about today. So I wanted to kind of go over like creating the ride itself and talk. I always like talking about, you know, specific Imagineers who are involved Mm -hmm. and some of these people. So there's one guy, his name was uh, Joe Lan- Lanzas. I, I knew the name, and I read it earlier. Lanzasero. 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 I keep, I don't know why I read this name and I go, Cambonero. Lanzasero. He's well known too, and I'm just getting mad at myself. Joe. Joe. 
Yes, good old Joe. Lindsay, gosh, this is a hard one. Lindsay Estro. Lindsay Estro. I'm not making that up. All right. Well, you know, I don't know. You didn't say it with enough confidence. I said I thought it. You make up a lot of things, like West Side Story being produced by Disney. You know, that was right. Nah, not really. Only a quarter right. (laughs) Just like maybe your name pronunciation, for all I know. So what about Joe? So he was the uh, lead concept design and production of all of Mickey's uh, Toontown. And uh, eventually he was the senior vice president of WDI from 2007 to 2015. Okay. So he's a pretty cool guy. Uh, good, you know, kind of check his background. Yeah, too, because a lot of names I'm really super familiar with compared to right. some of the heavy. You'd recognize list. him. He's pretty, you know, Did distinguished. You yeah. Hmm. yeah, it's pretty cool. But uh, Joe and his team, and he had uh, four guys that were kind of part of his uh Big crew for Toontown itself. Uh, Marcelo Vignali, which you would also recognize, uh, Jim Shul and Dan Carson, they were tasked with bringing the oh-so-popular version of Mickey Starland to to Anaheim, basically. Right. Which is funny, because you think about Mickey Starland, and you know us as kids, we loved it, but when you mm-hmm. look at it now, it's like cardboard cutouts. Right. Cheap it's very fun. temporary. The feeling. history of it was Mickey's birthday land, and it was actually built by like the marketing uh, budget. It wasn't really an Imagineer joint. Right. right. And, and they saw just, you know, even though it was cheaply produced, the return that they got in it was huge, because it was so popular with kids. Um, so him and his team, they flew to Florida. They saw, you know, this landfill with plywood flats. And it's like, how can we plus this? We can make this better for, you know, give it, justify having it a Tate Mookie's Toontown that would right. be worthwhile. And this, well, was, this is a big deal. This, this is the first time you're adding a new land to Disneyland. Yeah, like, that is a good a, point. That's a big thing. Right. Yeah. The, the precious, you know, can't touch much here because it's Walt's Park. I, so imagine, I imagine Joe's kind of raring to go because he was working pretty heavily on the Muppet land that didn't end up getting built right. with the rest of Muppet Vision 3D. So he worked a lot on that great Muppet movie ride, which if you don't know, mm-hmm. there was going to be like uh, th- that whole area where Muppets... Uh, 3D is was going to be a whole Muppet land with a, a dark ride with the Muppets. And when the deal for Disney to buy the Muppets went through, went bad, then that all got canceled. So this awesome elaborate ride that was pretty heavily designed already, like, you know, raring to go that fell through. So Marshall was actually work. He was also working on the, the Muppet thing stuff as well. And that's where Joe Marshall kind of became like, you know, collaborators. Yeah. That was Marcelo's first job. So his first thing was doing the Muppet stuff. It was pretty neat. So <clears throat> they saw the potential and, you know, how this is great. Let's upscale it. What can we do? So they, you know, they're doing their concepts. Marcelo was tasked with kind of doing some of the exteriors for Toontown itself. And uh, Joe loved his design so much that he just said, hey, you're going to be the, the lead on this Roger Rabbit ride that we're going to create. Um, kind of the headline attraction for Toontown itself. <clears throat> Excuse me, which is funny because in his eyes, uh, and I read that in this interview with Marcelo, which is fascinating. I'd like to share it at some point. Yeah, what was that website called? It was like a, it was like a Roger Rabbit kind of a, a fan site. It like, was, but and they got him to. Like yeah, it's neat. But um, he Marcelo mentioned that he really wasn't a fan of the the attractor, the movie itself, and he was given the lead of this project. He didn't like it just because it was, you know, like crude adult humor, but still geared towards kids. It, wasn't, it went over our heads. We didn't know any better. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's That's fine. why it worked. You know, his heart's in the right place. Right. Yeah. But yeah, he um, he was an animator at Deke, uh, which is a TV animation studio. Deke! Deke. Deke. Yeah, they one. did Sonic, one of the Sonic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he talks about how he was the odd man out because, you know, obviously to the animation industry, Roger Rabbit was a big deal. 
all his coworkers thought this movie was brilliant. He was the one guy's like, actually, I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently he got busted on for that quite a bit. So it is ironic that he becomes the guy working on this attraction based off a movie he didn't care for. But also funny because he really kind of credits that with the reason of the ride's success because he wasn't like pressured to recreate the movie. You know, he yeah, you weren't going to be like Eddie Valiant going wasn't through the streets to of Toontown. Yeah. Right. <coughs> Excuse me. So the team was, uh, you know, they want to do a dark ride. They're looking around at other, you know, dark rides that are at one of the best theme parks in the world. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride's right there. And they kind of want to take that concept, but uh, explore on it a bit more. Kind of keep those zany, wacky moments uh, throughout the ride, but just get, you know, the Roger Rabbit feel. And how can we how can we make this different for for what we want? So they want the typical dark ride, dark ride experience, but they want to add a little twist to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, no. I, I just I love it. I love Help doing me. that little. Great. <laughs> it's three times I leave. <laughs> I think so that's th- it. This was great. I thought this was hilarious. I know. I need to see documentation. I know. Of this. I, there's maybe there's a picture somewhere that they took. But Joe and his team, they literally took one of the teacups, a Matt Hatter teacup, and put it on Pinocchio on the bus bar system for the dark ride to see. If they could, you know, still have this on, you know, the system in a dark ride and spin around and go crazy and change your view of what you want to do. And, you know, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's a pretty fast way to test it, I <laughs> right. guess. Good proof of concept. Yeah. And it worked. So they were like, OK, we have our, you know, we have our system. That's your hook. Yeah. Yep. It's the hook. <clears throat> there are a few other uh, kind of key people here involved I wanted to bring up. Uh, Art Verity, he wrote the dialogue and was a large part of like kind of bringing the humor and the life into the ride. Uh, Imagineer Andre Favilli, he was a designer and specifically designed the exterior of the show building itself. And another guy, an outsider, not an Imagineer, <gasps> Jim Steinmeier. He was a well-known magician, I think, in the area at the uh-huh. time. And Andre introduced him to Marcelo about creating illusions for the ride. And he's the guy who actually came up with the uh, the, the neat trick the at the end with Roger hole. Rabbit with the porthole and extending his arm out. Okay, that makes it's sense. It's kind of neat. <clears throat> yeah. Originally, this uh, attraction was designed to be a two-story uh, ride. And there's concepts art concept art that shows this that you know again we'll have to share so kind of like alice in wonderland right kind of like that um and i think a lot of the problem you know here i'll get to here in a second but it wasn't able to the ride vehicle wasn't able to climb that elevation probably just because it was a lot heavier than what you expect with the mechanisms for the twisting and turning Mm -hmm. sense and uh the neat thing about it was that they kind of they they found this out too late in development so they ha- they have to pour you know the way the scheduling works they have to build the the building they have to pour the foundations get all this going then kind of get the ride in place and when they were doing this they realized oh crap the ride vehicle cannot physically go up the ramp you have to remember too that Toontown had opened a year prior so the exteriors had to be done they had to be done right. that's right um, so they just changed things around and made it a single story uh, attraction well they apparently Joe realized. Once you remove the ramps, they were so gradual and took up so much area, yeah, that you really didn't lose that much square footage show but, space right. by taking these ramps out. I'm you just j- lost that effect of going outside. I'm just fascinated that you can actually see outside, though, like 
where the vehicles would have exited. It's so funny because I've always looked at this like outside of the the, the attraction there. Yeah. And it always looked to me like there should be something up there because it very much looks like a balcony. Well, and there's, yeah, the railings there to like keep people in place and all that. And it's right by the, like, the gag factory is gone now. Did they remove that for Mickey and Minnie? Yeah, 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 it was by there. So it's maybe even gone now, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is literally supposed to be where track for the ride was. That's so wild. Under the glass factory. It's pretty pretty crazy. never, Never noticed that. So, huh? Huh? <laughs> so that's how the ride kind of came to be. Um, we can go over the ride itself. I mean, there's a lot going on in just this, you know, three and a half minute dark ride attraction. Uh, AJ, do you want to take us through that? Yeah, sure, the I could do story that. Story itself, get go through the queue, all the good little tips. Yeah, this this ride actually is a really really good queue, very immersive. Um, you enter into the Toontown Cab Company. Outside was a uh, very cool water fountain of Roger Rabbit holding steering wheel. That's gone now too, as part of the kind of updates to toontown for mickey and minnie's runaway railway uh but you go into the cab company and it's it's one of those fake out queues where you come in and right away there's like the loading area you're like oh we're already inside but then you kind of dog off to the right and go further into the queue uh you first go by the ink and paint club uh where there is like the the same door that eddie knocked on and gave the password walt sent me and the gorilla is actually there and he'll such a good queue yeah he'll like open up the little sign thing talk to you you can see jessica's silhouette through her dressing room uh, you make your way into the backstage areas of the Ink and Paint Club, and uh, you can actually hear Donald Duck performing on stage. Uh, yeah, actually, is saying <laughs> and there's like there's like a cue, like what do you call that? Like like who's going on next and stuff. Yeah, like like, like, yeah, like, 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 like yeah, like a set list, and there's the proper. They don't room. they don't re- mention Daffy Duck though. No, no, yeah. no. It should be no. Yeah, what, no, why? No Warner Brother references in this <laughs> attraction at all. Uh, you eventually make your way back outside into Toontown. You see some of the city streets. There's a there's a street that says wet paint that's like literally being colored in. <laughs> uh, you go by um, Baby Herman's apartment. You see just kind of the back of his stroller and his hands sticking out holding a cigar. I was listening to the news on the radio. Right. Uh, kind of. Do you know who voices Baby Herman? That would be Jim Cummings in this that attraction. Is interesting. Correct. It's pretty good still. Oh, yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So that's interesting. Um, Our boy Jim Cummings that's right. from Akron. Uh, as you continue through the queue, you f- kind of go into like the Weasel's hideout. You see them walking as silhouettes through their uh, windows. Doing their plotting and, and you, you're going through where dip is being manufactured and refined. Uh, and then you make your way back into the cab company. And I, I was always confused about this, but you, you're not riding Benny the cab. You are riding his twin cousin, Lenny the cab. How yeah. clever. Yeah. I actually didn't realize Because that. Roger's riding Benny, so yeah, you which can't makes be riding sense. Benny. Yeah, so that, uh, that's why you, you do that. That's interesting. The particular heroes. That, that really is one of the most underrated lines, though. It's really good. You're always kind of... It, it's nice, too, especially now that the attraction isn't insanely popular. You're mm-hmm. almost in that the themed element of it pretty early on. Yeah. It's not just like... A lot of the Dark Rides just have pretty simple switch arounds without, and sometimes they're even outside at Disneyland. Without Even once you're inside, though, not a whole lot to look at. Here it's you know it's like almost one actual line yeah, you're, you're right. constantly going There's through. There's no switchbacks really. Right. Yeah, it's it's There's pretty. A, there is one part where you can kind of see into the attraction mm-hmm. through yeah. some wooden slats and it, stuff. It, it is deceiving if you haven't done it because you walk right in and there's the ride. Like oh sweet. Yeah. We can just get right on. It does oh, no. trick you a little around. But you got to kind of curve around to this line, which uh, a lot must must exist right behind. It's a small world, or the train tracks, I guess. Yeah. So once you load into Lenny, you 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 see the steering wheel, which is your spinning mechanism. Again, works very similar to the teacups, the way you just kind of turn that wheel to spin the vehicle. Uh, you get going onto the attraction where you see the Toon Patrol dumping barrels of dip into the street, and there's Roger and Benny spinning out of control. And if you want to, you can spin out of control as well by controlling Oh, you want spin. to. So this is really them being like, hey, this is why we're spinning. They did actually yes. come up with a reason yeah. for yes, it. Yes, so you're good. good. Wheels have been dipped. 
the weasels are there dumping the dip, and Smarty Weasel has Jessica tied up in the trunk of his car, unless you're riding it now. Uh, we'll talk about it more later, but they did kind of make Jessica less of a sexy damsel in distress. Now she's a private investigator who's also out to stop the weasels. Yes, uh, and more, most importantly for Disney, wearing many more clothes. Wearing a very <laughs> loose trench coat. And not tied up in a trunk. So instead of being tied up in the trunk, she is just kind of behind the weasels doing like a stop motion, but not really doing anything. Yeah, it's just kind of there like <laughs> She's a, just there. Uh, you go into a china shop that's run by a bull because it's a bull in a china yeah, shop. That's china funny. shop. That's the name of the store, bull in a china shop. Yep. Uh, you break a bunch of stuff. He refuses to pay for it. And does he like? Go. Does he say something? I think I Lenny he must. Say Lenny talk? I don't remember Lenny talking, but he has a voice actor in the credits. I found so. I think at this point, everyone's kind of screaming at. I'm, there's a lot of dialogue in this ride. That sometimes I don't hear because you're kind of like it's a loud your, ride. The music, you're spinning the with your partner. Solid, you're kind yeah. of think about in the teacups. Right. right. You're spinning. Yeah, right. You're kind of giggling and talking to the people in there the whole time about no spin that way. No go faster. Yeah. Right. So you leave the china shop, you're out into Spin Street, where all the uh, tuned <laughs> objects like the light posts and fire hydrants are dancing and spinning and jumping around. Uh, then you go into the Toontown Powerhouse. So there's a big transformer with a big scary face and uh, all these machinery. And you go into a room where Roger and the, uh, we, uh, Psycho the Weasel are grabbing each other. And Roger grabs some sort of generator and zaps himself, does the whole skeleton effect, I the always, lights flicker. I, I always love his... Uh, his just the way he screams there. It's it's the classic it's Roger Rabbit. Right, yeah. It is good. That I can't quite do. AJ, do, be honest. Do you know the names of all the weasels? Uh, let's see. Greasy, Sleazy, one you can't say. Stupid, Psycho, and... Which one can't you say? Isn't one? one like a swear word? No. Isn't one like Smart A-S-S? Yes, you're right. Oh, <laughs> right. I couldn't remember. I thought it was just Smarty. That's, that's the one I couldn't remember. Yeah, they just call him Smarty in the ride. Uh, yeah. There you go, then. Cute. Um... So yeah, so this actually causes an explosion that launches you high into the air. That you go through a zigzag room with strobe lights and just painted explosions on the wall because it's strobing. It kind of works. Right. Well, yeah. Then a, a, a strangely convincing effect where you are now falling out of the sky, and all they did was just paint the buildings like going towards like like like, like a Door. forward, but like, right. it looks like you're going down. Like once two of them are painted on the ground. Before we ever did this, and there was just promotional material. They sh- I saw this in the next scene, and I was like, "Well, that's scary." <laughs> We're falling. We're in falling. This. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Then you crash through the roof of a building, and now you're in like a, a stairwell, and Rogers like standing on the ceiling, which is cool. I, I love that forced perspective for on an animatronic itself. Mm-hmm. It's pretty neat. And he you know, assures you that he's going to take care of everything. Yes, they never quite explain how you land and then reorient yourself. Yeah, you very quickly yeah, you just come back outside. Twist. And you're fine. So now you're in the gag factory. You said twist again. Oh, I didn't <laughs> even need to that time. That was three. What have you done? <laughs> you're dead. Uh, Sleazy opens up a gate to let you into the gag factory. At this point, Jessica has freed herself. One of the weasels has been. So wait a second. This is, so the scene takes place in the gag factory. So back when we were outside and there were doors in the gag factory, you think this is like oh right probably? Out? Well, that was the glass factory where those no, doors no, no, were to go upstairs. Glass factory and gag factory. They're next to you, each other. Yeah, okay. yeah. So okay. okay. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. I, wonder I, if like, that's it. The I like We'll it. go with that. Okay, yeah. We'll, I'm a genius. We'll, we'll, we'll take that. You yeah. are. So yeah, she's whacked uh, one of the weasels in the head. She's about to hit the next one. So she's got a and this mallet. Is no real different except the clothes she's wearing. Yeah, now she right. has a trench coat. She doesn't have her bonds on. Um. Let's see. Then uh, you come face to face with face with Smarty oh and a, a brand new dip machine. That sometimes when it's working, it is squirting dip before it turns to face I, you. I couldn't. Yeah. I thought I saw a video of that before, and I couldn't remember. Yeah, it that. depends if it's working or not. Because you get really close to it. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a really neat effect. Because yeah, you're right. It, it's right over you. Mm-hmm. You kind of go under him. Um, you turn the corner, and Roger says. I've got a portable hole. I'll save you. <laughs> nice, and it does nice. the 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 best part of the ride. I think is where he 
extends his arm out and it appears that he's holding the portable hole like Eddie had in the movie and mm-hmm. slaps it on the wall and then you drive through that. Yeah. It's, it's like mirror yeah. basically is all Yeah, it is. so all it is is just it's a black painted tunnel and the the outside of this tunnel is a mirror and it just closes into the wall. But because it's mirrored to the wall and the lighting's controlled, it it, it works. It, looks, very it works well. great. Effect. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Actually, like the the first time I really even noticed the trick was watching a ride through in mm-hmm. person. It was very convincing. Right. Yeah. The, the camera kind of well, it's a lot the, darker too. And right. like those ride throughs. Yeah. They yeah. really good thing. This place was right next to the cab company. By the way. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Then, yeah you, there's, there's a literal VN screen with Roger and those little circle things that Porky Pig would pop out of. <laughs> and then you're back in the loading area. Um, one of the things I guess that's notable about this ride um, that that presented a challenge when they built it is, you know, when you go on most dark rides, you're going one direction. And if you were to actually, like, turn yourself around physically, you're just seeing the backs of painted flats that are just black. There's sure, no detail. Right. Because, Everything because you spun 360 degrees, no. they had to create every angle of everything. So, like, that scene where you're falling down towards the building, if you spin and look up, which is backwards. You see like planets and stars like watching you yeah. fall with a worried face. Like, Everything had to be covered. Yeah, they really did have to consider every angle, which uh, made this really unique. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, really, what's kind of a good testament to the attraction is it really didn't change at all. No, yeah, for since a long they, time. Since it came no, out. Just, just that minor tweak to Jessica a couple of years ago, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Th- I mean, that was it. In, in 2021, September, uh, people started posting on Twitter that the Jessica Rabbit uh, tied up in the trunk was just gone, <clears throat> and uh, it just it was replaced with a couple of dip barrels, and, and that was pretty much it. And then, like in December of that same year, then uh, they made the announcement of Jessica Rabbit's coming back with a whole new, you know, story. She's opening uh, up a, they, uh, a private. They kind of oversold it. They're oh, like, sure, oh, yeah. a new storyline with Jessica. It's like, she, yeah, she's yeah. there. Malibu, Malibu Stacy has a new hat. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, it is pretty. Uh, right, I mean, that not to diminish her role in the ride because obviously, fan of all these characters, but like, if she just wasn't there, the ride would not. It wouldn't matter. Suffer for well, the, the ride. It didn't even shut down for this. They literally just plopped the figure in. And that's then, pretty, you know, yeah, that's it was pretty fast. Uh, like her voice lines the same at the end. This is gonna hurt you more. It hurts me. Kind right. of thing. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, but this is a, a trend they've been doing. They obviously for parts of the Caribbean replaced the whole scene with the the auction. Uh, and then, you know, Space Mountain's gone. A lot of this kind of, like, you right. know, sensitivity stuff, which... Which is fine. I, I kind of wish they went further into it a bit more. Yeah, right? I, I think so. Like, they're going to change another let's scene. get in there. But, again, right. they were just getting ready well, to do a, a full revamp of Toontown and, and, and Mickey and Minnie's. Well, and, and that's a good point. They're closed right now, the, the whole land, as of, what was it, March 9th, 2022. Yeah. Uh, it's expected to open March, uh, you know, now. They pushed it back month, a little so. bit at one point, Yeah. So, yeah, a couple weeks or something. Yeah, so you yeah. kind of wonder if they're gonna. I'm sure they're not gonna change anything in the ride. But, um, you're right. No, I'm sure it's just gonna reopen. It does kind of feel like a pretty small change made for a ride that maybe isn't gonna be forever for this world. I don't know. I mean, if it didn't go away now when they well, redid, it cost money right. to make things make things go. Away. I don't know. But I mean, a lot of. I mean, the, you just open a new ride. Why do you need to change? Well, this? they got rid of a lot of exterior elements. The Roger Rabbit fountain is gone, right? Yeah. Even like his kind of the theming from his the bathroom was a little little scrubbed clean of Roger Rabbit. I think they're preparing themselves maybe for the day. I'm not saying anytime super soon, but right? For sad for the day again. They don't own this character. They yeah. do and they don't. That's why it's. So I know it's weird. Yeah, you gotta wonder how it still works out that they can't stay this long. But and this isn't even the only version. There's another one in Tokyo Disneyland. I had no idea. Me yeah. either. No, I, I, I didn't know that. It's it, weird that there are two of these, and that's still here to this day. I mean, a lot of times when there's a duplicate attraction like this, it goes way before the other one or something. But. 
That's still here, and it is a literal exact copy. There's a lot of those, especially in the earlier days of Tokyo uh, Disneyland. Mm, where yeah, the they best change anything. The other like, yeah, we want this, we want that, exact same. So, huh. That's Now, do, do we know, did they change Jessica Rabbit there? I wonder. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know that. Yeah, you look. figure it out, because I, I had no idea it's a version existed, so I wonder if it also got changed. A uh, couple little trivia uh, tidbits here, always kind of fun. Um, Joe mentioned that the story kind of, you know, went through many iterations. They always had different ideas of what they're going to do, but the portable hole gag was always going to be there. That was like the big, you know, big finale. Scene, big finale. There you go. Always going to be it there. Is the best part of the ride. So yeah. Yep. Uh, Joe Marcello, they're actually a part of the ride itself in a caricature for caricature form. The, at one part of the ride, you kind of go through the two, um, what are those called? Jack in the Box? Yeah, you go by, right by two Jack in the Box the characters. Clown, yeah. yeah, clowns. And uh, they are voiced by Joe and uh, Marcelo, and they are caricatures of them themselves. Right, and Joe's coming out of the box with a J. Marcelo's coming out of a box with an M. So mm-hmm. pretty easy to identify. Yeah, that's pretty neat. So, yeah, that's a that's a pretty good way of putting your signature yeah. on the ride, huh? Marcelo, he's actually a couple other characters in the ride, too. He's the uh, the gorilla in the queue, which I you know does pretty well. You can't really yeah. tell. Yeah, so much from uh from the movie. It's not quite as guttural as in the movie, but pretty right. guttural, pretty guttural. And he's the bull in the china shop, no. which I think that's just like grunts and stuff. Yeah, I don't think he's yeah. So, so not bad. So get, get 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 your sad card, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, no evidence of a change in Tokyo. I haven't, interesting. I haven't no either. evidence. Okay. okay. What the fair fans in Tokyo get back to us? Yeah. <laughs> um, a part of the queue. There's some license plates on the wall, and they uh, reference other uh, Disney things. Including one that's two N T O W N Toontown. Let's see if uh, you guys can get the. Well, yeah, it's obvious. One O One D L M N. Larger one dimensions. ZPD Two D A. Zippity Duda. Oh, oh, edge guy with the tricky one. And C A P a Ten H K. Captain Hook. Oh, jeez. Okay, I'm embarrassed. Wow, Mike. Mike. I just can't. I don't know. I I kept seeing Captain. And Hulk, I was like, what is this Marvel reference? Out <laughs> 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 of its time. <laughs> right? Uh, there are some uh, dip barrels in the queue and in the, the beginning of the attraction itself. And uh, these are movie props. Uh, I had no idea. Itself. And apparently, I looked for photos everywhere, but I saw this exclaimed that one of them is the one that Christopher Lloyd actually kicked and dented in the film. I'm trying to remember. Is it, it had to be the one he... He, he kind of kicked as he was walking past it. Remember? Like yeah. at the bottom. Well, he kicks one and like tips it over at some point to show that it's dip or something in the movie. No, no, the one gets knocked over in the bar. He punches that glue can. I don't remember him kicking a barrel. I remember him walking by, like kicking as he's like, like during conversation in. Oh, the is it when studios. he's walking away after he fell on the eyeballs. No, I think he's th- when he's like doing his villain speech. AJ talks about he kicks it, it's like haha, like this is dip kind of a thing. No, he just pours it out Look, of the tube. AJ, I don't know. Okay, I'm just saying. We'll like, figure if it you out. If you had asked which of us remembers more details, okay. Frame Roger Rabbit. Well, you're the one calling Chris a liar. I think no, I'm just saying. I don't, I don't remember. That's all. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's all. That's about it. Well, here I got. I have the voice cast because it's not. Uh, generally, it's not people from the movie, even though the movie wasn't that far out. Um, Charlie Fleischer, who was the voice of Roger Rabbit in the movie, is, is credited as being Benny the Cab, Lenny the Cab, Greasy, and Psycho, which are characters he's played in the film. I'm going to guess that's like archival audio. Must be. Right. Um, Because Jess Harnell plays Roger Rabbit in this. He is best known as the voice of Wacko Warner in the Animaniacs. He's doing a lot of stuff for Disney Tug because he's also Br'er Rabbit. Br'er Fox and Br'er Bear, yeah. Yeah, so he did a lot of the Splash Mountain voices. Uh, Marnie Mossman is Jessica Rabbit. I'm not sure who that is. Who was the original Jessica Rabbit? I don't even know. Oh, um, wow, it just went out of my head. 
Because <laughs> she's not credited. Um, Why is she not credited? Because they credited the singing voice. It was weird. Weird. Okay. Oh, what's her name? That's God, messed that's up. Bomb. I'll look it up. Yeah, yeah it is weird. Thank you. Uh, Lou, Lou Hirsch is not doing Baby Herman. It's Jim Cummings, as we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, June Foray, of all people, is doing Wheezy. Well, who's that? Uh, that's that's the, the voice of Betty Boop and Rocket the Squirrel. And, oh, wow. You know, Aunt Bethany. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's her. About. Like. So they got her in there to do Wheezy. Kathleen Turner. Thank there. you. There, Thank that, you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Lander is smart guy <laughs> instead of smart. You know what? <laughs> Fred Newman is stupid. Will Ryan is sleazy. Then Mar- Marcella is uh, Bongo. Bull and the Jack of the Bongo. Yeah, the yep. We got Joe you. is the other one. T- Tony Anselmo's credit is Donald Duck. And Brad <laughs> cool. Abril is the safety spiel announcer. <laughs> mm, good for him. So there you go. Well, there you go. So, so, so uh, I have a question. If this does go away... What could you see replacing it? Zootopia. As a single attraction? In Toontown? Yes. Sure. I mean... I feel like Toontown... Well, I was going to say more classic characters. Well, I guess Roger Rabbit was Dean. I don't know. I just like one of those. think about people going around a city in a car, in a cab kind of a thing. So the first thing you can... I don't know. Uh, I mean, you could also just continue the that Mickey stuff and make it like... Donald's cab company. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't think it has to be a... I don't think it has to be... Like, they probably would just gut it and build something new. Yeah, you know, well, if it was a lay, okay, but that was, then they can do anything. But oh, if yeah. it was a, a, a yeah. reskin, then. I see. Yes, yeah, so. Um, do you guys know how this land and this ride was originally going to tie into a proposed sequel for Roger Rabbit? Well, I feel like I've heard this before, talking, probably from you. Talking about the army sequel that they were going no, to No, no, after, there was another idea for a direct sequel. Go for it. Uh, I should have looked this up better. I, I read this years ago, but basically the idea was going to be that someone was targeting tunes. And Eddie Valiant, who's now him and Roger are now partners in private investigation, uh, a mysterious patron calls in Eddie to investigate these attempted dippings of tunes. Uh, you come to find out this mysterious patron is none other than Walt Disney himself. Oh, geez. Who's trying to stop his beloved uh, creations from being wiped from existence. Mm. Uh, crime and hilarity ensues. The, the day is saved, but it's decided that as time has progressed, it's not safe for tunes to be around humans anymore. Um, so that's why Walt Disney, and it kind of like plays loose with history here, uh, Walt Disney opens Toontown at Disneyland, uh, you know, and, and the front, it's supposed to be, you know, here, here's the home of the tunes, right. and not really, it's just, it's the guy in the Mickey costume. Uh, but the gag was going to be at the end of the film, all these characters after the grand opening go backstage, take off the costume <laughs> heads, and it's the cartoons uh, themselves, cool. dressed as themselves. And this was supposed to be Toontown. Was supposed to be their new home where they could kind of still get out but hide. How like that. that? I'd never heard right, of that. Right, yeah. I mean, I don't think this got super far along in development. Sure. It was a concept that like, and I don't know what came first, this or Toontown, the, the land. Are you sure it wasn't fandom that you read? No, no, no. I think it was a Jim Hill article that talked about this okay. years ago. But uh, but yeah, there you go. All right, then. Speaking of Jim Hill, just real quick, I love his website, but the archival stuff for like the old Y4s. It, they, they're just like gone sometimes oh, when you really? go to look for things. Gosh. It bums me out. I haven't been. I haven't you gotta been use there. archive.org. I remember when he was writing on yeah. Laughing Place, though. Yeah, yeah. I was learning about things like Geyser Mountain and whatnot. What, where do you guys rank this in terms of the dark rides of Disneyland? I think this is pretty high, actually, for myself. I mean, there's an IP affinity for myself, obviously. But I think, I mean, it, it, it's. It's still decidedly old school. Like, there's no projection mapping or anything like that. Right. But it just had that neat mechanical uh, effect. Mm-hmm. I won't say twist, Michael. <laughs> um, you know, to make the ride interactive, to make it, like, more than what you'd already done in Fantasyland. 
And uh, I think it holds up really, really well. What's weird about it for me is that because it's like in Toontown, sometimes you like forget about it a little bit. Well, for a while, Toontown was such a dated land without a whole lot going on. Like you would go back there and kind of feel a little weird. That might change now that they've they've updated it. Now has Mm -hmm. like a major e-ticket back there. Uh, right. so it'll be interesting to see how that feels now. I mean, Toontown basically was like like it was built, this was opened, and then nothing about it changes. Things things went away. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we things lost broke, things. But yeah, yeah. Got, lost jolly the, trolley, lost and, the, and the ball pit, and, uh, yeah, yeah uh, Dell's treehouse, the poor ball pit. Yeah, is but it, the coaster survived, didn't it? Is it the it's the gadget go coaster still? Is it? It's there, but it's not like gadget gadget anymore. It's like Chip and Dale's gadget coaster or something. That's that's messed up, especially when this happened after gadget was in something for the first time in like thirty years. Right. Yeah, my kids actually know who gadget is right now. Yeah. Right. Uh, Lost all the Rescue Rangers theming. Now the spinning on this it is fun, but it doesn't like spin like the teacup. No, it's definitely toned down. Like you well, got to really work to get it to go. I think part of it, because like the teacups, you're like literally over the wheel and just your center of mass alone is going to make right. it spin. This is it's mounted like a steering wheel. So there must be like some gears that translate the, the rotational movement to the base. Uh, so, yeah, you don't get going quite as fast. That's not the point. I mean, they want you to still see the ride. I remember, um, you know, as a kid, because kind of like even learning that Disneyland is a thing. This really was one of the few Disneyland attractions when we were growing up that there just wasn't a counterpart to to Disney. It was like this and Indiana Jones. They were like the mythical ones we never knew. Indiana Jones Matterhorn, I think. I think that was basically uh, it. uh, Yeah, I remember being very excited. Very excited and like confused. Why is this here? Why don't we have this? Right, yeah. What the heck? Yeah, it seemed like a big deal. Which in reality, we almost had even more than what they had. And it was cool. Like that first time we went there, like, all right, we can finally go on this thing, I guess. And yeah, it's great. It, you know, even, even when in busier times, I think the line can maybe get to 30 minutes maybe there's busier time than that i'm sure it gets longer it's always worth doing at least once i always have mm-hmm. a good oh, time yeah. going probably on. gonna be even you know busier now with uh the reopening yeah i wonder if it's gonna up. be some runoff with uh you know the people doing uh mickey and minnie runaway railway which by the way that cue is great uh yeah oh my gosh. anything with a rocketeer so reference good. is good by me you know so that. many references yeah. I, I so i should tell this story real quick too so the ride has a um, uh, a very cool soundtrack that plays. It's uh, love the name thing. of the song. It, it's got a name with like that's the backing track. I remember you made like your own custom version of the. Uh... Yeah. So when I was a fan of this movie in the mid late nineties, um, the soundtrack was out of print. It's an incredible Alan Silvestri score with this great mix of orchestra and jazz. And this was pre cable internet, you know, 56 K modem dial up and Napster. <laughs> As I'm desperately Napster, trying to Lime download wire. these songs from like the three people who were seating it, it took <laughs> oh a my month. Gosh. It took a month to download the twelve songs off that soundtrack. But uh, while you're searching Napster for Roger Rabbit, this track from the ride came up. I don't know what album it, it came it was off on of. Some kind of Disneyland. Yeah, album. so I downloaded that too. So I had my when I when I finally had all the songs, I burned it to a CD. I found the cover art and printed it. I and remember, I, and I made my track had, list yeah. on the back of the case, <laughs> and I add bonus track. Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin. So I had a had a very nice fan made Roger Rabbit. AJ Flair. Oh yes, I was very proud of that. That yeah. is cool. I remember that CD case lying around in your old car. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Good I think, ride. I think that's it, AJ. I think you're coming up next. Well, hang on. We actually have an email to read. <gasps> Gasp. And Holly, Holly Smith wrote in. Holly, I, I don't think we forgot you. You you emailed us after we recorded, but before we published the last episode. So you got caught in a weird limbo. So don't think you were forgotten. Here you are right now. Holly says, "Hi, AJ, Mike, and Chris. Hello. Hello. Greetings from London, England. Ooh. Hey. 
I wanted to drop you a line and say how much I enjoy your podcast. I've started listening to it on my bus journey to work, and the mix of interesting facts and family memories always sum me up well for my day, so thank you. My family, my mom, younger brother, and I were lucky enough to take many vacations to Disney World when I was growing up in the 90s and early 2000s, and listening to your experiences has sparked many trips down memory lane for us. I took my daughter to Disney World in 2019, and we're currently saving to try for another trip soon. I wondered if you guys had any memories of the soundstage restaurant MGM Studios. I have vivid memories of amazing character interactions in this restaurant, which, from what I can remember, changed each year to reflect the big movie release for that year, such as Beauty and the Beast. Have you ever considered doing an episode on popular 90s restaurants which are no longer open? We were big Electric Umbrella fans, and yeah. I like that a lot. <laughs> Thanks again for the awesome podcast. I look forward to hearing more. All the best, Holly. Holly, that will be our bonus episode this month. That's a good one. We are going to record because we need to. Yeah. So, so, so the soundstage, uh, that, was that where the Aladdin? That's Aladdin what we yes. remember, the Aladdin. So, it's so, the Disney Junior thing now. Yes. Yeah, so, so that, that I, I remember my most distinct thing was the Aladdin character breakfast. With the, the camels out the front. Camels. Yes, with the camels that are still at the, uh, the ride in Magic, Magic Carpets now. And I remember um, this was after the show had come out. So, you know, you're watching the show and Return Jafar, check out last month's episode, where Iago's now a good guy. And uh, Jafar comes to our table. And I remember being that bratty little kid who's like, hey, Jafar, did you know Iago works with the good guys now? And he made this like this like, like gesture at him. Right. <laughs> he wasn't a face character. Yeah. He had a big plastic face. And really long fingers. But was and still really able to emote that expression to oh, you. Oh, yes. It was very, I, was, I was very proud of myself. It's funny because I don't, I don't remember being the other any of the other ones. And it was. But I definitely have very strong memories of yeah, we definitely did a lot. restaurant. Well, and this is also above where the catwalk Bar. Or below where the cat bought. Yeah, the cat yeah. bar. Was, yeah, well, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Which I think now is the um, is that the D twenty three area? Is it? I don't know. Or not D twenty three. That still is what above where. Uh, 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 Club Club thirty three. Yeah, yeah, you ruined yeah. me there. I know. <laughs> me and Chris went to uh, London on a, uh, a big school trip. Well, yeah, back in two thousand five. I've been there a few times with oh, uh, right. for work. Yeah, so I love never been there. Yeah, yeah, it's funny too. You know, you said mom, mom, like mum. And it made me think how, because of Bluey, Harrison, my son, he keeps saying mum. Oh, no. He'll even spell it M-U-N. They're indoctrinating us yeah, with the Australian so lingo. It makes me laugh every time. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, but yeah, and also Electric Umbrella. It's good stuff. I got my Electric Umbrella shirt still from the, I think, from the retro WDW guy. And that sweet mm-hmm. sign that somebody got was, you. Yes, that's right. I just don't need to hang up. Yeah. I, have all like, my, I got all these great signs for Christmas. I haven't hung any of them up yet. <laughs> Well, yeah, thank you for writing in, Holly. If you would also like to write in and have your show or your question read on the show, you can email us at 90sdisneypodcast at gmail.com, 90sdisneypodcast at gmail.com. So we have our bonus episode set. How about next month's episode? I have already begun doing some research and I've found that there is actually a ton of information about what I consider a very obscure video game that Disney put out in the 90s. Would you guys have ever imagined a day and age where they would put out a game with Donald Duck in it and not put Donald Duck anywhere on yeah. the package? Donald Duck's wow. in it, but not in it. But it is Donald Duck. Was and that always marketable? <laughs> it's Donald Duck as Maui Mauward as Cold Shadow. <laughs> yes. We are doing Cold Shadow for next month's episode, which was released on the Sega Genesis, PC, and Super Nintendo, depending on where you lived. Ooh. Uh, some fascinating insight on how that game was developed, how it was made for the European market I've originally. Been excited about this. I'm mm-hmm. very excited because there was a ton of info. We've been done a video game since uh, the second episode, which was Aladdin. Yeah, so we're due. Really? We're definitely wow. due. So uh, the game is still available on Steam. If you want to do your homework, to get for that. It. So if you want to play it before the episode, that'd be a good idea. Um, 
you can also just get them on. I'll just watch Mike stream it. Yeah, there you go. We'll after the episode comes out, Mike will have to sure, I'll stream Disney, um, yeah, Ali Mallory. Do a 90s Disney stream. Oh, oh, that's great. Yeah, it'll be it'll be good. Uh, so yeah, look forward to that uh, in April. Uh, it won't, we won't have a traditional goofy April first episode, I guess. But uh, this is mildly goofy. Well, video games are wacky. <laughs> saw that coming. You did. You listen to this show, and we appreciate that. So thank you for yes. listening, everybody. You can find more of us at nineties-disney.com. Zero S. Where you can subscribe to the show <laughs> on the podcast service of your choice and find past, present, and future episodes. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Mastodon, wherever you want to follow us. Instagram as well. And uh, again, send us an email, interact with us. We love hearing from you guys. Yeah. Until next time, thank you for listening. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.